Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Unholy Trinity Podcast. Three blues. Three opinions. One Everton Podcast. Welcome to episode 151 of the Unholy Trinity Podcast. Brought to you in association with Sports Social, the UK's only dedicated sports podcast network. And also Fanatics. Uh, it's great to sit here on a Sunday morning after Everton have won a, a game comfortably by three goals to nil against Crystal Palace. Probably the performance of the season for ourselves and, and vitally important after three straight defeats to, to get back to to winning ways. But Pete, we were there. How impressed were you? Like you say, my performance of the season, they were sensational. They're absolutely brilliant. And I think... You know, you look at the the previous three games. I mean, bar the United game, um, for me, I thought we, we played really, really well against Spurs and Newcastle, and I thought we were unlucky in in different ways and different elements of the game. So, you know, that that's the right way to take pressure off the squad, isn't it? Go out three nil, real team performance, um, and I thought some of the football we played, especially in the first half, it was just brilliant to watch. So slick, really quick. Uh, you know, p- consistently playing the right pass. Um, I was so... In- I, I mean, it's, it's hard to know where to start. There were so many good performances, so many strong performances, but one of the standouts for me was an honour because I think when Everton have, have tried to sort of go into that, um, you know, style of playing out from the back, either with a single or a double pivot, and he had both Anana and Gay, um, Anana and Garner in that, sort of almost holding role or, you know, turning and facing the defence and picking up the ball. Anana was so crisp with his passing. When it, when he went back, he went back quickly and decisively. And I think sometimes when the fans have got frustrated in the past, it's been when it's been a bit slow or people start to take four or five touches and then have a turn and go back. And I think it was it was just that that decisiveness and that sharpness Every time it just reset us, you know, if we if we went forward and then we had to go back and you could always hear a couple of little mumbles. We were so quick at resetting and getting going again. And we just didn't give Crystal Palace an inch. They just didn't stand the chance. Um, it, it, it was fantastic. And I hope now that's, you know, more of the Everton we're going to see. And I, I think fans need to remember we're 12 games in and I don't think we've seen our strongest team yet. You know that that's probably the first game where you know Calvert Loon started the game and he's had a bit of bit of fitness, a little bit of sharpness. I mean his his leg was still covered in all kinds of physio tape. You know it's hard to know how much how much of a risk we're still taking on him. 
Um, but you know, would our strongest team have have uh, Patterson at right back? You know, unsure. Um, I think that's the only question, isn't it? If you look at that eleven yesterday, I think that's the only one for me who will. On, on on any given day. I mean, by the way, Seamus Coleman was, was fantastic and I said it on social media. Every single time you play against Crystal Palace, he, he has Zaha in his pocket every single time. You know, he, he was terrific, I thought, and he's got his number. He's just one of those players who you come up against players, don't you, at times who, you know, you get the better of all the time and, and that's his. Um, and, and Zaha, I think, must hate playing against Seamus Coleman. Um, but Patterson's probably the only one for me who, who would come in and you'd really say that'll be our strongest eleven. But the, the return of, of Dominic Calvert-Lewin over the last the last couple of weeks, you know, we, we saw him start against Newcastle in midweek, which overall wasn't wasn't as horrific a performance as I think people made out. We had you know uh, elements of control in the game. We were probably the better side. I thought for long periods without posing any kind of attack and threat. But but Lee, it was great to see Dom obviously start again yesterday, showing obviously he's a uh, He's ticking off those those minutes and getting fitness under his belt. But that first goal now, obviously, since he's since he's come back, typical, I would say, of of uh, Dominic Calvert Lewin and shades of a, of a certain uh, Romelu Lukaku for me. It's not a bad shout, that is it? No, I, I just said to you boys then before we started recording that a fit Calvert Lewin makes this a completely different side, isn't it? A completely different side. Now, you know. For all the endeavour you get from from Mope, who's obviously a, you know a new signing coming in, finding his way around the team, Dom just gives us a completely different dimension, doesn't he? The way we can play. I mean, Lampard said it himself. You know, we can play through the lines. He can hold it up. He can run in behind. He's got the pace and he's got the athleticism to spin defenders and run in behind. You know, he, he can go direct at him if we need to, and he can either bring it down on his chest or he can knock it on or. You know, he's, he's just when he's fully fit like that, he's, he's an absolute nightmare to play against. And not only that, the way he took that goal there, I mean, if, if he can bring that into his game, you know, that we've always said, I mean, Dom just needs service, he's, he's a one touch finisher, he needs service. There, he, you know, the way he's won the ball off Milivojevic, because you know, with our press in the first half in particular was outstanding, led by Awobi in particular, and then you know, quick one two, uh, um, with Awobi, and then that little Meg's there. You can't underestimate that. that. That's a lovely touch. That you know, he's, he's you know, Gay's one of the best young centre halves in the league. He's been getting rave reviews the last season, and he's megged him and manhandled him to the ground, basically, get out my way, and then buried it in the bottom corner. I mean, that's fantastic for the lad, and I'm really happy for him that he's got that goal because last thing you want is to go, you know, four, five, six games, and if he does stay fit, he doesn't get a goal. Do you know what I mean? And then then the fans start going on his back again, and but. To me, that's Dom in full flow, and I thought he was outstanding yesterday. He occupied both of those centre halves, um, and he was brilliant. And I just want to give a shout out to, to, to Frank there as well for, for making those subtle changes. You know, you guys are both right against Newcastle. You know, it wasn't a horrendous performance. We were the better side until they got the goal in the first half without being spectacular. We were controlling most of the game. Then the goal rocked us a little bit, got them into it, and we sort of hung on a little bit, didn't we? Um, uh, end of the first half. But then we controlled pretty much all the second half, you know, in a tough place to go, night game in Newcastle. And we controlled most of that second half. And and we just lacked that little bit of sort of, I think Frank's caught between sort of two stalls of being solid and hard to beat, but then taking a bit of a risk and put, putting bodies forward. 
And then yesterday, I, I think we saw the blueprint yesterday for, for Lampard's Everton and the fact that we were solid still, but then we still, you know, we were flooded bodies forward at the right times. And like Pete said, you know, moving off the ball, the passing was crisp, you know, and, and that, that for me is, is, is Lampard's Everton right there. And if he, if he could get that, obviously it's not going to happen every game and we're going to have bumps in the road, we're going to come across better teams. But I think that is a little window into what Lampard wants to create with this side, I think, yesterday. Well, that, that's it. The, the, the shift, you know, like you say, there's the subtle changes to, to this sort of 4-2-3-1 formation where Alex Awobi out of the uh, the midfield three was the one who was playing more advanced. Noticeable, I thought, uh, when, when Palace were playing out from the back all the time. And to be fair, they didn't look particularly comfortable. But I think a lot of that was down to the fact that, that both Calvert-Lewin and Awobi were constantly in the face, pressing at the right moments, putting them under pressure. And, and Iwobi was the one who was breaking from that midfield three. And, you know, it goes to show again how how, how important he is to, to this side and to us as an attacking threat. You know, two more assists for him. We'll discuss, obviously, the, the third goal shortly, but obviously the first goal for Dom, you know, great, great play from, from Iwobi to, to, to put it into his feet. Uh, great touch, great finish, but... It's those little things, those little changes. But I also thought in, in that shift as well, yesterday, we saw a little bit more of, of Michalenko Pete getting forward because one of one of the, the biggest the biggest things that people sort of throw towards him is defensively, he's solid. He's, we think, you know, he's done really well. He's settled. But in, in an attacking sense, we don't really see him, do we? Uh, but I thought, especially second half, obviously heavily involved with that, with that second goal. It allowed Michalenko to, to to get forward a little bit more as well in that little bit of a shift of formation. De- definitely, and I think when when you if you do play a, a four two three one in that way, you you need your fullbacks to to get higher up the pitch, and it it might not be his natural game, but I think fans need to remember again how young he is. You know, really, this is his, this is his first proper season, isn't it? In in, in Premier League football. I think sometimes some of his decision making just needs to be a little bit more snappy or a little bit more confident. That there was a Calvert Lewin made a great run in the second half where he sort of peeled off and then started to get in front of his man, and he just needed that early ball down the left. And you could see Mikalenko sort of looked twice and hesitated and didn't play it. And then when he did play it, it was just far too late. And Calvert Lewin gave him a bit of a um, an old fashioned rollicking. Let's say so. The, the, you know, there's still elements of his game he needs to work on, but it's yeah, it's definitely pleasing to see that he's, st- he's starting to have a um, maybe a bit more confidence or to, to get pushed a bit more to uh, you know to add that to, to our, our attacking game. And you know, hopefully, uh, you know, if he can do a bit of work with with the coaches and work on his delivery and his final ball and some of his decision making, you know, that'll add another element to um, to what we bring. Yeah, I've been quite vocal about Mikolenko recently. You know, and the fact that. I think you boys are bigger supporters of him than, than, than me. Um, I think he's very solid defensively. He gives you, you know, you can tell he, as we've said before, you can tell he's a centre half converted to a left back. Defensively, he's more comfortable. I think going the other way, he does, he does like you've just alluded to there, Pete. There was a, a specific moment in the Newcastle game where um, Dom pulled off um, back post and uh, Mikolenko had it on the left side and he, and he just hit the floatiest cross you've ever seen and Pope just came and grabbed it, you know, like picking peas basically. Calvert-Lewin was fuming and and, yet, and I've just cast my mind back to them when we scored that goal against Liverpool. When, when uh, Calvert-Lewin pulled onto Robertson and Dina picked him out brilliantly and then he jumped above Robertson obviously and buried it in the bottom corner. I think that's 
that's the side of his game there, you know, where Dom makes these subtle movements to find a yard in, in the box. And, and he's got to be able to be able to put that cross in and find him. Will he ever get there? We don't know. I mean, um, for me, I think we've got to use him in certain games and then, you know, and then maybe maybe look at the likes of Inagre, maybe in, in games where we're going to have more of the ball, possibly, and we are going to come under less pressure. Like, for example, I thought the second half against Newcastle, when we were when we were controlling the game, that was screaming out maybe for Vinagre to give him 30 minutes to maybe skin a full-back and whip it in, because that's his game, isn't it? He likes to get to the byline and put crosses in, which is the opposite of Mikolenko, who likes to sort of be defensively solid. So, But I was pleased for him yesterday, and he was unlucky not to get a goal, wasn't he? Um, that was, uh, I mean, Mike, obviously you'll touch on it now, but that move for the second goal, I mean, they showed it, thank God, on match a day in its entirety from Jordan Pickford's kickoff and um, it's interesting what you said there, Pete. Unfortunately, I couldn't make the game yesterday, but there was murmurings, and you could hear it through the TV actually um, when they were playing out from the back, especially when it went back to Pickford from Cody, and they were pressing us, and they were like, "Oh, what are you doing? What are you doing?" Yeah, you know I mean, just go like, go along. But then, to be fair, you know, Pickford played a great ball to Coleman, and well, the rest is history. After that, it was a flowing move. After that, wasn't it? Well, I think though it's it's decision making, isn't it? You know, with, with that kind of situation there. The manager alluded to it after the game and he said about, you know, that they're working on these kind of things. And I think quite, you know, more often than not, even with Mope up top, we've been going long quite often. And we were saying where we just, it's not going to stick. He's not that kind of player. And then you see that yesterday, Palace probably allowed us at times to, to play out from the back. But you see there was an element of, of comfort, I would say, from the player's perspective in and around me in the paddock. The fellow next to me was having a, a heart attack. And someone knows I was out of his mouth when when that was going on was was uh, I couldn't repeat on the uh, on the show today, but he was he was literally he was on the edge of his seat with that, and it's because we're not used to used to it because every single time we we try and do it, it either tends to break down, so, you know, we make make a mistake, we give the ball away. But I thought Mike, just all... just on that point, Mike. Sorry to interject. So this is an interesting point. Do you think it's a Goodison thing? Well, you got you know other teams go to other clubs and and like you know if, if, for example you went to Arsenal and watched that or you know teams like City obviously City's a big example you know what I mean because do you think we're just used to, look we, we don't 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 mess around with it just go long you know what I mean do you think that's what it is so therefore the, then that feeds onto the players who then obviously sometimes panic and give it away do you know what I mean I think I think most definitely from any any home crowd really you know when you if you if you you're not used to playing a particular way. You know, we, we, we used to pass out from the back under under Martinez. Uh, yeah. We've done it quite often with, with under under Carlo Ancelotti. Um, but it, it all depends on a level of comfort in terms of the personnel, the players. So from if they're doing it week in, week out and looking comfortable doing it, then the crowd then will probably settle down. It's a fact that it, it's it's now coming back in. Uh, yesterday was probably the, the first time where it, it's really worked particularly well and led to a fantastic goal. So it, it's both, both fans getting used to it. So obviously if fans are nervous and you get those those murmurings from the stands, it will impact the players. And it was just it was good to see them just just crack on with what they had to do. Yeah, they, yeah. they knew what they were doing. You know, Jordan Pickford is one of the best in the league in terms of his distribution, which I thought yesterday, by the way, even that pass aside, I thought his distribution was very very good. He played some some terrific long balls. Which we're finding the man. You know, we, we, we see we see sometimes with Jordan Pickford that, you know, he, he looks to try and hit the flanks, doesn't he? And he, it goes too long. He, he was on the money yesterday, but 
that that goal, you know, it was just lovely, lovely football involving a lot of players, you know, from the obviously the three defenders, then Jordan Pickford, Wobie's got a touch, Calvert Lewin's got a touch, Damari Gray, Onana into Mikalenko, you know, unlucky not to score, by the way. He did everything right, put it across the goalkeeper. Uh, and there's Anthony Gordon to, to slot the ball on the back of the net, you know, about 53 yards on side. But the lineman decides he's going to throw his flag up, even though they're told in, in tight, and that wasn't that wasn't tight, but in tight situations, you keep it down. Because what did it do? You know, the flag goes up, Anthony Gordon turns around, sees the flag's gone up, the noise dies down really quickly, and then you're sitting there for two minutes then waiting for, for someone to make it an obvious decision, which should have been made by the on-field officials. That's that's what drives me nuts. But take nothing away from the goal. That That's probably... You know, one of the best goals I've seen at Goodison Park. I know it was a tapping, but the move itself, it was it was going back to me to sort of Larissa under under David Moyes. That kind that kind of football. It was nice, nice to see. Nice to see the players have confidence in, in playing football. And you know, because Palace were obviously trying to trying to push on and trying to grab the equaliser, it allowed us to play a little bit more football, have a little bit more space. And listen, the the the, the players they did it did it particularly well. Um but it was just it was just just a, a pleasure, I think, to watch watch us get that second goal. And I don't know about you people at that particular point of two 0 I said to you on the way home yesterday. I, I settled, I settled, and I thought, listen, I'm not going to lose this game now. I, I, so I always get feelings uh, with Everton, and you know, against United, we scored really early, and I thought oh, that's too early. These are a good side, um, you know. I don't, I don't fancy us, but yesterday. Even before the game, something in, in, in the waters just said, we'll win this. And when it went to 2-0, Pete, that, that level of comfort, I think, came into the ground as well. I mean, they were singing in regards to a particular song about Everton winning and Liverpool losing. That was a little bit early because it's, it's Everton we're talking about. But the confidence, I think, sort of came to the stand, didn't it? Yeah, and it, it probably came after Palace's strongest period of the game. You know, it started the second half. They came out for the first 10 minutes, the... They did try and put us under a bit of pressure. I thought we defended absolutely brilliantly, by the way. Uh, you know, similar to the, 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 second, the second half of the Southampton game, there was some, you, you know, really fantastic committed challenges flying in there that, you know, probably stopped us conceding a, a scrappy equaliser. And again, that was the, sort of the basis, the platform, I, I think, for going out and getting that second goal. But it was such a, a brilliant goal, like you say, for so many reasons. Not only did it, it come from playing out from the back, and start, you know, it was a real team goal, but it started on the right, goes up, and somehow we we end up with this mad overload on the right hand side where we've got like Calvert Lewin, Gordon, Gray, and I, I think Iwobi might be the one that feeds to the, the sort of the initial pass. Um, and then, like I said, I, I, I said in the stadium, number one, what is he flagging at? What, what did he flag for? At what, at what point did he think there was an offside? Uh, and 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 two, yeah, why did he get his flag up in in, in the first place? Because they're not supposed to. He's supposed to let play go on. I, I don't know at what point he lifts, he raises his flag, whether he flags before he puts the ball in the net or whether he flags after. But if the referee blows, it doesn't go to VAR. Yeah, it was after. It was after. So was Anthony it? Gordon scored and ran away. And when he sort of heading towards the corner flag, the flag goes up. So by the time he turns around, anything so not a goal. But if you look at the footage from Frank Lampard. Lampard seen the replay and he just and when Gordon comes over, you said, Listen, it's a goal, don't worry about it, it's a goal. So, you know, this is this is it. But that that's that, that really it kills a moment, doesn't it? Because it, it, it deserved it deserved much more from a, a crowd reaction than it actually got because of how good the move was. 
Um, but then the the irony is, without VAR, he'd have been disallowed. I mean, because he'd he'd have flagged it. So it's just like, you know, it's 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 just a shambles, isn't it? It's a shambles because it. You know, we've said this before, you know, it's a passion killer, especially when you're live at the game and, and, and you know, a lovely move like that that deserves, you know, uh, an instant reaction in terms of a goal. And then, you know, for the Lions to flag that. I mean, Gordon did go offside in the initial part of the move and then came back onside. But, I mean, yeah. But your instant reaction when you see that is going then, is there something else that's going on? You know what I mean? Is there, it's not just a Gordon offside. Is, is there a... A foul in the build-up, or is there, you know, anything, anything goes through your mind, just you know in mean? case. The the the, the, the 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 officials had a nightmare yesterday. I thought they were so poor. Ref was awful, wasn't he? He was awful. Uh, the ref, wasn't he? Again, he, he just he, he couldn't get hold of the game. The, the the ref, and he was so inconsistent, wasn't he? Well, look, look, look at the the biggest one, wasn't it? It was the biggest one was the head injury situation in the first half when we had a corner. Um, there was a I think it was Connor Cody went down, didn't he? Um, he, he clashed heads with it. With a, a Crystal Palace player, and the ball came to Anthony Gordon out on our right. He blew the whistle, which is fine. Head injury, we understand you've got to stop it. So Anthony Gordon turns around right by me, says to the linesman, "It's our ball. I've got the ball." And he's and he's nodding, yeah, yeah. And then when when we when play resumes, the referee gives the ball back to the Palace goalkeeper and says, "Right, on you go." And you can see the reaction of the players straight away. Um, second half, wasn't it? Similar situation where where Palace there was a head injury. Um, same same kind of thing, um, and and the referee so gives them the ball back as as should have really happened with with us, and and it's those kind of inconsistencies where it drives you mad. And um, I can't remember who it was this week. I saw I saw a, a, a quote somewhere where somebody said the problem you've got with the referees now is that them they're not officiating the games and they're relying. And we said it before is on VAR. They just rely on the fact that they've got cameras everywhere. And that, and that will correct any kind of decisions not made or poor decisions, and it's 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 a poor it's a poor mentality I think from the officials. But you know you had that situation, you had the how how players didn't get sent off in that melee. By the way, you know Zaha is is tackle on on Andy Gordon, which led to it all. It was building, it was bubbling. You know he he was he was crying all game. He does it all the time, and and for a talented player. For me, so frustrating to watch. If, if, if he played for us, and we've been linked with him numerous times, he would frustrate the life out of me, Zaha, because he's too busy demonstrating every single time somebody wins the ball off him. But, you know, his tackle on Gordon, it was it was late for me. It was late. The ball had gone and it was in the air. What wasn't a great tackle. Then then you've got that melee. And the referee just didn't get control of it in any way, shape or form. And how players stayed on the pitch, I just, I just don't know. Um... But this is what we're what we're getting used to week in week out, and and we shouldn't really have to spend so much time discussing the, discussing the officials, but we do, because the level is is absolutely horrendous, and how it gets sorted out. I mean, Lee, I know you're you're a big advocate as we all are for for, for getting them mic'd up so we can mm. hear the decision making. I mean, what what's happened to to apparently where they were going to release the the audio uh, from from referees? Uh, after games, what what's happened to that? Because that's just gone away, hasn't it? Yeah, well, the dream is, uh, um, what's the name of that referee? Probably one of our best referees. He's coming over from the states, isn't he, to take over this? Uh, oh, Howard uh, Webb, he's coming back. Howard Webb, yeah, he's coming back, isn't he? In, in after the World Cup, I think. So hopefully, we'll start to see some changes because he's obviously gone over to the states and revamped their system there. And 
it's, it's such a weird, you know, you've got loads of people on different sides of the camp with VAR. You've got people saying, yeah, we need it. Got others saying, yeah, yeah, we don't. You've got others saying, yeah, um, it's not the referees. It's the, it's not the VAR, it's the referees. And it's the people operating it. It's still all a bit of a mess. It's improved. It has improved, but it's still a bit of a mess. You know, and I've watched bits of the Champions League this season. They've got that auto offside, haven't they? Mm. Where it's obviously all the chips and the ball and all that. I've seen bits of it and it seems to be a lot smoother than, um, uh, you know, obviously the system we've got now in the Premier League. And obviously they're going to trial that in the World Cup as well. So we'll, we'll all be watching those games. So let's see how that goes down. But I think it's just overkill sometimes, isn't it? You know, it is overkill. But we, look, we, don't, we don't want to be talking about this too much you know, on the back of a, on the back of a, you know, really complete performance by, by Everton. But I agree with you. I thought the referee, uh, you know, handled the game badly and it, he caused half the problems himself by not taking control of it. And, um, with Tarkovsky, you know, he, I, I love him and Cody, you know, just, they're just so snide, aren't they? Every time there's a kickoff, I think Tarkovsky ran half the length of the pitch, didn't he? Yeah, you, know yeah. I mean? <laughs> you know, taking on Mateta, who's, he looks like a UFC fighter, you know what I mean? Like, it's just like absolutely unbelievable. But, I mean, Tarkovsky is everything, everything, Pete, you love in a centre-half, and he? Absolutely everything, isn't he? It's fantastic. He's been, some, some of his challenges yesterday were absolutely spot, spot on. I, I can't remember, was it Mateta that he he, um, he tackled in the corner toward the, the end of the game? Yeah, where, yeah. Uh, he, he won the goal kick as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it was. That was it's such a brilliantly timed challenge. Yeah, but He's I, a proper snide, though, isn't he? He's a proper snide as well, though, isn't he? I, I loved it when it... He's clever, and, that, and that, that's what you need from your centre half, isn't it? That's what you need from a from a leader. It's not no, not not many people. Well, I say not many. When he first came in, it was always a case of you know why are we bringing in players from from sides that have been relegated, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I'd argue, I'd argue he's probably been our best signing over the course of the summer. You know, him and Coley have been terrific. I think, I think with with Tarkovsky, I just I just think that. He, he brings another level again because of that. I, I, he's probably more snide than Conor Cody. He, he's the one who, who will who will cheerlead and, and he'll wind people up. And you know, there's that great picture I popped this morning of of when it all kicked off and Tarkowski was over there and he's got two Palace players literally get grabbing him by the shirt and the throws and he's smirking, laughing his head off. He's that kind of that kind of player and and it works. And we we've we've lacked that kind of character for for, for many years. To be fair to Seamus Coleman. He's done his best over the years, and I think he's got better in the last eighteen months, two years. If you're, you know, getting in the referees' faces, did it again yesterday. You know, with with Zaha again, him and Pickford winding them up. You know, when when Coleman put a great tackle in in the uh, in the second half, you know, put the ball for a corner. And to be fair to Zaha in that situation, don't think he died. It's just just a great tackle. He won a corner. Pickford was in his face. Coleman was in his face. But it's all part of the game. We, we've we've been too nice for too long, but. The, the two new, see, new lads you've come Lampard in. Lampard said that, didn't he, Mike? Did you see that? What was Lampard said in, in, in one of his post matches, obviously, he does several across different stations and that. But he said, um, I try and encourage that with my teams, with my players, to, to basically stand up for each other and get in the referee, you know, ref, not screaming in his face, but, you know, having a presence around the referee, around contentious decisions mm-hmm. or back, backing up your teammates. And um, the word he used, actually, interestingly, was that Cody. He was asked, do you think, by Gary Lineker on match of the day, do you think there's a late shout for uh, Tarkovsky to maybe go to the World Cup? We're short, you know, at, at centre-half, mm. you know, especially with the way him and Cody have been playing together. And and Frank was just, you know, full of compliments. And obviously, Beatty said, those two have revolutionised our dressing room. We used that word, revolutionised. Well, that's a big word to use, isn't it? You know, the fact they've come in 
and they've completely transformed the dynamics in the dresser uh, in, you know, in, in a very short space of time. It just shows you, doesn't it? You know, what, when, you, when you get two absolute out-and-out leaders, um, you know, strong characters who've been around a bit, played the game at the highest level, it's amazing how that can have an impact on a dressing room. It's more than you think, really. You know, obviously it is on the pitch. And, the, and you know, let's be honest, their form on the pitch on the whole has been fantastic. But, you know, that has a huge impact. Uh, you can see it in the players now. The amount of games we played last season, even if we started well or whatever, every time I felt we conceded, we'd wilt a little bit, wouldn't we? We'd be, like, soft. Now I just feel like it almost like it's water off a duck's back with them now. And I think a big part of that is them too. Well, we said it in the summer, didn't we? When it comes to to recruitment, you, you also have to buy, uh, as well as obviously ability on player character, and which we haven't done for many many years. But I think this summer, especially, we've seen we've seen that definitely being instilled in the in the recruitment process for me. And and the, you know those two lads at centre half are a testament to that, uh, and and he's been obviously terrific signings for us for us so far. But one of our, our other summer signings who's He's taking a bit of time to settle, but you know he's played a little bit of a bit part. Got another goal again yesterday, and and, and what a goal it was! You know, Dwight McNeil comes on, gets sort of fifteen minutes or so, 15, 20 minutes, playing off the off the left hand side, and something which we don't we don't see particularly from him either. Peters, you know, we, he carried the ball really well, didn't he? Beat a man as well, driving at the defence, and and that that one too with with, with Alex Obi was was another level. We know what Obi's all about, by the way, but. Listen, that little that little back heel and they're moving from Dwight McNeil as well to, to go to carry his run on. That was that was uh, I think I think richly deserved and, and the kind of football that we hope we see more under under Frank Lampard. It's the cherry on top, wasn't it? I mean but like you say with McNeil, he, he might not be known for his pace, but I think he beats about three players. There when he goes. I mean and for him to have the confidence, I think he, he started the move from about forty yards out, I think. You go past about three players. Little knock inside. Yeah, the, the back heel from Awobi is just, I mean, it's just class, isn't it? And then yeah, it just wallops it past the goalkeeper. It was, but another lovely team goal. And I think I said to you after the game, you know that that's the the, the kind of problem we want to have: subs coming off the bench and doing something like that. You know, contributing to the game, scoring a goal. Um, you know, it'd be brilliant for him again. You know, lifting his confidence. You know. Pushing the players in the starting eleven, you know, gives gives Lampard something to think about, doesn't it, for the next game? Uh, you know, and that's what we want. I think that's what we've lacked for about at least two seasons now. How often do we look at the the team that's starting and look at the bench and think, oh, you know, there's not we've not really got anyone there that can come off and affect this game if we're not winning it, you know, or if we're chasing the game or we need a goal, who's going to come off? And so who who's going to come on to re- to replace someone on the pitch? And have an impact or make an effect, and I think it's it's really good to have players like Dwight McNeil, who you know might not be in our let's say firm strongest eleven, or might not be in the fans' pick of an eleven, but can still come off and you know show a bit of class or a bit of quality, and can still change a game. And again, it just adds another dimension to us, doesn't it? I thought McNeil when he came on was played very well. Um... It's weird because you're right, he hasn't got any pace, but he moves nicely with the ball at his feet, if you know what I mean. Sort of glides a little bit with it, doesn't he? And he's one of those players, it's a bit like McFadden in a way. If, if, you know, we always said if McFadden had gigs his pace, then he would be a top player, you know what I mean? Like, it's just, he just didn't, he didn't quite have that burst to get away from people. Um, but no, I, I, I thought, you know, I was really chuffed for the lad and, and, and 
Yeah, I, I said afterwards, I mean, it, it was almost a very, and, and this is meant as a compliment, by the way. It's like a, it's like a Moyes-esque Everton that I, I saw yesterday in parts, if you know what I mean. Like, hard to beat. Work, you know, work their absolute balls off in the game. Everyone, everyone sprinting, but then also with a, you know, a, a sprinkle of a sprinkle of talent on the pitch as well. You know, I thought that Awobi back heel was very Pinar-esque, wasn't it? Yeah. You know what I mean, in terms of like, you know, just that little bit of quality there. You know, that's an instinct thing that, and you know, you you do that sort of thing when you're playing with confidence, and you know, and and that 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 touch by Awobi is just outstanding. That. Uh, if that doesn't win goal of the month, then I don't I don't know what will because that that's that's an absolute class goal. You know, there's movement as well. There's movement off the ball there, and then to have the awareness. You know, how, how many how many people you know you go to football sometimes to see things like that, don't you? To see how many people would have done a back heel in that situation there, or a little you know a little um a little bit of skill like that, mm. a little flick. I, I I can't think of hardly any. Do you know what I mean? Most people there would have tried to take it on and maybe try to squeeze it in with your left foot or something, but. That's just absolutely outstanding bit of play from Awobi there. And another assist for him again, two assists again. And I think it's, it's only De Bruyne now that's ahead of him in terms of assists in the Premier League. And that, I mean, that says it all, doesn't it? Well, in the Premier League so far, 12 games, five assists, one goal for Alex Awobi. 55% goal involvement in terms of yeah, Everton and our goals. This, this shows well, in, in, in a team that's not been scoring many goals. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so massive credit to him. So he's, he's he's certainly on to, to to get double digits in terms of assists. Um, he got, and then in in the league cup, he got the assist as well. So it's it's thirteen games, six assists, one goal. So it's 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 a really impressive return for Alex Iwobi, and you know throw a few more goals, and if he can get to get to double figures in terms of assists, you know it's it's going to be hopefully you know it's it, the, the signs of a fantastic season, and and, and Ritzy deserved, and I, and I can't praise him enough because for me he's an absolute joy to watch. He's an absolute joy to watch, and we said it time and again, but. He's absolutely turned his Everton career around in the space of probably six, seven months, and it's it's fantastic to see. Uh, but it was it was just it was a great day at Goodison yesterday. You know, it's great to get a win. It's great to get a clean sheet. You know, defensively we deserved it. You know, we we looked looked really solid. You know, players putting the bodies on the line. Michalenko took one in a in a sore spot. You know, fantastic block. He got up by the way until the ball went out and then went back down again for for a good few minutes to try and try and work through that pain, but. It shows you what the what we're all about, and you know we 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 are united, and and we certainly that was certainly the performance of the season for ourselves, and and long may that continue. You know we've got three more, the three more league games now until the World Cup, one one in the cup as well. So can, can we go through those games unbeaten? Let's keep on picking up points, um, and and then see where it takes us into the second half of the season. But but great win, um, and then it's it's now it's now all eyes on. On the trip next week to um, to Fulham to see to see Marco Silva's Fulham. I haven't seen him for a while, um, but we will discuss that after after this short break. Welcome back to the second part of today's Unholy Trinity podcast and the game next weekend. We are off to to freshly promoted Fulham um, to Craven Cottage. Most people say it's one of the best aways because of where it's located, right on the Thames. It's a lovely lovely walk up to, up the Thames, couple of pubs and. And into into the ground. So anyone going there, you, you will you will have a have a lovely day out by all accounts. Hopefully topped off by by an Everton win. But Lee, what, what have you made of Fulham this season? Um, they've they've obviously got Marco Silva in charge. Had a had a really good season in the Championship last season. Uh, question mark have always remained over over Mitrovic as as one example. But he started the season 
the season pretty well. Have, have you been impressed with the with the transition that they've made to the Premier League? I think they've been brilliant, mate. I think mean, I think Fulham, I think Silva. I think we were we as a collective. I mean, were one of the last few uh, sticking up for Silva towards the end of his time at Everton, weren't we? Um, sort of last of the Mohicans boys, weren't we, in terms of uh, supporting him? Um, but uh, there's definitely a coach there. There's definitely a coach. There's maybe an argument, maybe the Everton job was a bit too big for him at the time, you know, especially when it's, the pressure started coming on him. Um, but there's clearly a coach there. Some of the football we played at times under him were brilliant. It was brilliant as well. Let's not forget that. And I, I, I remember watching Fulham first game of the season against Liverpool at Craven Cottage. And, um, you know, everybody was expecting Liverpool to steamroll them. You know, they'll, they'll walk this game. They've just beat City in the, in the Community Shield. They'll walk this. Fulham were outstanding that day. Outstanding. The way they, the way they, they were so brave in pressing Liverpool high up the pitch. Um, and, you know, should have gone on to win it, shouldn't they? You know what I mean? They, they really should have. Um, but, you know, massive credit to Silver there. OK, look, the, the job, he's not going to be under as much of a microscope as he was at Everton. Maybe he has found the right home to sort of show how good he is. Um, but, you know, they came up last season. I think he was the highest ever goal scorer in the championship, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, scored over 100 goals, didn't they? Which was, you know, really impressive. Obviously, Mitrovic got about 40 in all comps. And he's a handful. He's a, he is a handful. You know, you can say what you want about Mitrovic, but he, he started the season brilliant for them and he's important to the way they play. He's an all-round centre-forward. He'll put his body on the line. Yeah, and he's got quality as well. You know, people have always questioned his ability and can he do it in the Premier League? Well, for me so far, yes. He has done it in the Premier League. Um, and, you know, they've just come off the back of a really good win, haven't they, uh, in, in the week as well. Played really well against Villa. Um, and you know, just just really massively impressed with the way they've started the season. But you know, for a lot of people, they've been a banker to go down. And at the moment, you know, with the way they've been playing and where they're sitting in the league, you wouldn't say that, would you? And that's the biggest compliment you can give them. Yeah, and the the home form is good. Eleven of the points have come at home uh, from from six games. So so Craven Cottage proving to be a little bit of a, a fortress for them for them as well. So it's going to be a difficult shift for us to to make. I think. Obviously, the confidence we can take from from the game yesterday, Pete, it will be massive. I think, you know, we, we mentioned the, the little formation shift that we saw with allowing Arxa Wobi to be the, the the more the more forward of the of the three central midfielders. Um, so it, it should it should give Everton a little bit of confidence. I think going into into an away game as well, uh, because it's not the most the most hostile of places. Is a Craven Cottage, you would say, Pete. You go to some some places around the country, and you know what you're going to get. I mean, Newcastle was an example in the week. You go to Ellen Road and it's hostile. Craven Cottage is a little bit more, I'd probably say, laid back than other uh, other away grounds. Yeah, that that's kind of your mic. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean, like I, I've I've never been to Craven Cottage. I'd I'd love to go because it it does look like a really intriguing stadium and, and like you say, you know, fantastic location. But they're a funny club, aren't they, Fulham? Because they're sort of known for you know, having a lot of almost like, you know, celebrity fans. I think that they have a fan base. I'm, I'm not I'm not going in on Fulham's fan base, but they seem to have a fan base that are just happy to be there, you know, happy to be there for the experience. Well, you know what, you know what I mean? I know what, you, I know what you're saying. Yeah. Um, you know, where, whereas the Severtonians can, you know, lose sleep for two weeks after a bad performance. Um, but I, I think with 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 Fulham, I, I completely agree with what you both said. But they're so reliant on 
on Mitrovic. I think when he's been missing, I suppose a little bit like us with Calvert-Lewin, that they're a different animal um, and they're not able to play the the same way. Um, so if we're able to keep him quiet, uh, it, it, you know, I think that that's that's the way to to beat them to get at them, and that they've got a back four that can be got at. So if you know Calvert-Lewin can take a bit of confidence from the the amazing performance he put in against Palace. That that's really in our favour, and um, I think we're we're due an away performance to match that home one yesterday, aren't we? I thought I think Pereira from you know you know you know he's been a very good signing, good player. He showed himself to be one of their best players, one of the most creative. Uh, I think Willian is a cute signing as well, by the way. I think mm-hmm. Willian is you know he, obviously he's not quite the Willian of Chelsea a few years ago in his pomp, but he, he'll st- he still causes problems. He's still got that, you know, quick feet, that little shimmy, and he's got a great strike on him. You know, we're going to have to be careful there. I mean, I imagine. I don't think. I know you said Patterson is is training. Hopefully, he'll be back. Uh, I still think he'll go with, go with Coleman now. Now we've got basically a week's rest because he'll be, you know, likely he'll be coming up against Willian. And you know, there's one thing as as Coleman's shown against Zaha there. Um, you know, he's not the he's not the force he was going forward but he is still defensively you know very very solid in terms of 1v1s and we'll need that against Willian on that side um obviously got a former blue as well at left back haven't we in, in terms of um Anthony Robinson who's who's been who's who's been you know brilliant for them really um Silver's obviously put his trust in him um the lads you know he's always been an athlete hasn't he getting up and down that line uh, the question was did he always did you know did he ever have the quality and again I'm happy for him. He, he settled into that team and he's done well. Um, so, you know, us going there, like you said, Mike, strong home record. It's not going to be a walk in the park, this. They're playing with confidence. You know what I mean? Uh, they're, they're creating lots of chances as well. You know, a lot of the times they're getting double figures in terms of shots on goal and things like that as well. So, you know, it's not as if they're, they're going to sit off and then just expect those to try and break them down here. They're going to have, they're going to have a go. So we're going to have to be at our best to try and get something. But, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It should be, you know, it should be a pretty entertaining game. I reckon there'll be some goals. Yeah, and we and we've shown obviously um, yesterday that we that we can certainly pose an attack and threat, which was one of the one of the big questions that that I asked in the week um, in regards to, you know, how can we we address this this issue? Uh, would the manager look at, at going two up top to to change things up a little bit, which obviously didn't happen. So that that sort of little change, I think. We'll, we'll bring about that confidence, which which hopefully makes for a for a good game. We keep our our solid solid look at the back, as you say. Nathan Patterson, he is back in full training by all accounts. He the manager expects him, I think, to be in and around things next next weekend. But like you say, I think Seamus Coleman, on his basis performance yesterday, which I thought was terrific, as I said earlier on, I think he'll get the nod. Um, but but will be good to have Nathan Patterson back in the mix, and you know, with it with a few games left before the World Cup break. Hopefully he can get a few minutes under his belt. Obviously Mason Holgate is back as well, but another option which is which is good to have. Ben Godfrey looks to be um, on the on the road to recovery and, and is, is is expected to to get some under twenty one football as well over the the coming weeks, uh, which is which is also positive. Yeri Mina, I've got no idea. I've got no idea if we'll ever see him again. I've got to be honest. Just, no, no does that, mate, he's, he's being he's being groomed for January to go. There's, I think, no I think you're right, yeah. Yeah, they can't risk they can't risk him playing, getting injured again, and then not being able to sell him in January. I think he'll be going in January, hundred percent. Yeah, I think I think you're right. I think you're right, and that that's the thing, isn't it? We've got it. 
we've got to make sure that you know we with with certain players we've got to protect certain investments and, and try and get get some money out of certain deals. And he's probably one who, like you say, I think it's it's probably a bit of common sense as we look at that particular that particular approach, is that he is an asset that we can get rid of. But it's too sick to gamble on him because his injury record is so so poor. Who's going to want to give him hundred grand a week? I just I just don't know. You know, if, you, if you're getting 15 games a season from him. That's not really worth it. It's a sit to many sides, but um, it could be the last that we've seen in Yerry Mina. Who knows? But it would be good to get to get obviously these other other couple of lads back in before before the World Cup. But let, let's round off with our predictions if we can. Lee, what are we saying? Um, like I said, I, I do think you would never have said this before we played Palace, would you? <laughs> I mean, but I do think I do I do think there'll be goals. Um, as I said, I think Fulham are going to come on to us, um, and and you know the game where I think will be quite open. Um, so it's just a case, a case again. Will we have the quality? Hopefully, Dom stays fit. Hopefully, we can get nearly ninety minutes out of him. <clears throat> um, if so, I reckon I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go two two. I think it'll be. I think it'll be. I think it'll be a good. And, and look, I, 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 it's not trying to be negative. Trying to be realist on it. I, like you said, going and beating now doesn't mean winning every game, does it? You know, going there. Take a point. I think the key game is the home game against Leicester, isn't it? That's the key game we need to try and win before uh, the World Cup break. Um, so I'd take a point there and then hopefully beat Leicester at home. So I'm, I'm going to go 2 2. Pete? Yeah, beat me to it. I, I hate it when someone does the same prediction you were going to do because then it, it just looks like you're copying the other person and I'm, I'm really not. Um, yeah, I was going to say goals galore 2 2. I, I, think, I think it could be a, a really open, expansive. Uh, Interesting game. I hope we get the win, but yeah, I, I think it, um, it'll be a tight contest to all. I'm, I'm going to be ultra positive, and I think we're going to nick it 2-1. I think I think we, we can certainly go there and cause issues, as, as we've shown. Um, they, they've dragged me back in yet again, and I was thinking of it coming in the league after after a great performance. But I think I think it will be a good game. You know, they, they are a decent side. They really are. They got goals in them. As I say, the home record is good. Um, but but I think you know we, we've we've shown away from home at times this season. You know, with I think Southampton away was a decent performance. Leeds and Brentford at times, but I think there were just some really good good moments in those games. So no no fear going to Fulham, but I'm going to say Everton win two one. Uh, and it's the half five game, half five game on on Saturday. Um, so slightly later kick off time as well. Um, so we will we will look forward to that. But. That's us for this week. Um, as I say, all eyes on, on Craven Cottage now next week and we'll be back ourselves next weekend to, to look back on that Fulham game and look ahead to the, the visit of, of Leicester City to Goodison Park. Hopefully, with Brendan Rodgers still in charge. So we will catch you then. The Unholy Trinity Podcast. Three blues. Three opinions. One Everton podcast. Sports Social Podcast Network.